0: Introduce you. I'll do a little intro and then I'll bring you in and we'll get going. So fun. Okay. Good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Wake Her Up. Today is super special. We are talking about the power of meditation, which is fitting so well into this beautiful week where we're talking about the power of HugA, leaning into just being chill, letting our bodies trust the season, and I'm so excited to talk about meditation. So I am not like some expert at all in meditation, but the little bit that I have done with meditation has drastically changed my life. I could say it is the reason I am here doing all of this is because I learned how to turn off my thoughts and sit and just be. And there is something that fundamentally shifts your existence when you learn that you exist without doing anything, without thinking anything, without planning anything, without really figuring anything out. When you're just sitting and being and you realize that you exist, beyond thought, that for me changed everything. For me, that meant that I existed without even my family. I existed without money. I existed without success. I existed without having to do the dishes or the laundry, or even having to do a podcast. I existed whether I was doing things or not. And In a world where we are striving constantly to become something better and better and more and more, it does totally shift everything. When you realize, wait, I don't have to do anything to exist, I don't have to accomplish anything to exist, I can just be and I will still be whole. Then when you go and do things, it's just bonus. It's extra fun. It's not for you to go and be filling in gaps of yourself. It's for you to just experience being, being out here, being in the world, however you want to be, but it is not taking away or adding to your existence. And for me, that that was completely opposite of how I was existing in the world. I thought I was here to like add to myself so that at the end there I would be whole. And that, that is not true. So I am so thrilled today to one, have been personally introduced to Susan Taylor. She is an expert you could say scientist in this incredible world of meditation. She has spent years and years developing her practice, her expanding her education, practicing with so many of hundreds, thousands of other people. And to find out more about Susan Taylor, please go to susantaylor.org and read her bio. It is just It's beautiful. The experiences that she has had, the education that she's been able to consume is really beyond words. Um, She has written so many scientific papers, as well as publications from the Yoga of Mind, Medicine and Healing, the Vital Energy Program, Sexual Radiance, and the Healing Power of Meditation CDs. She has hosts a Rethink Health podcast. I mean, it's just It's amazing to be able to have her. It is such an honor. And without further ado, let's bring her in. Hello, Hello. good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm wonderful. I've been so looking forward to this. Thank you so much for being here and giving us of your time and your energy and your talent. It's such a pleasure to have you.
1: It's wonderful to be here. I was looking forward to it
0: myself, actually. Well, I am excited to just dive right in. But before we do, I'd love for you, know, I mean, I can introduce you all day long, but I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you. How did you end up in this space? And where did you start in your yoga or yoga? in your? No, 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 no.
1: We can we define it. You're correct. In yoga, we can define it because meditation is part of that. That's why we do yoga, which is really asana. We really do that because we want to get the body fit so that we can sit for periods of time. And do the practices i started very young uh well over 40 years 50 years ago and uh i just i found uh, i just found uh, a very wonderful place and met a master and my father introduced me and uh, i didn't get started quite then but i was always interested in it in uh, developing self-development because my work has always been with the mind. So, right, where do you want to go when you talk about the mind and you, in your introduction, it took me uh, quite a while to still, it's continual. It's not over, you know, it's constantly working with the mind and not. I just noticed my battery is going to be dead on my computer. I oh, no. I kicked it, it's unplugged. So, let me put that in. Let's not lose you. No, you won't lose me sorry it's early for me (laughs) okay so I just noticed it and I'm glad I did because we would have been disconnected everyone and I like to be connected so it's like everyone else I'm a human being and so you have all these things come to you and as you said we always identify with the outside of we have to be somebody not be someone especially as females we're programmed and I'm sure males are but I my work is with uh, women Uh, and so uh, you know the podcast that I do is the meditative shift not rethink health so it used to be rethink health okay uh, the whole idea of meditative shift is to bring us into that place where you spoke where we're going inside for the answers and not outside that's why I say meet yourself and we talked about that a few weeks ago so that's how I got started where I wanted to find answers and solutions to how to live life in a healthy, functional way, rather than, I mean, I went through things that everyone else goes through, especially a woman going through changes that are constantly changing every month. How do you deal with the emotions? How do you deal with the mindset? How do you deal with the bodily changes? Doing all of this together is really what yoga science is all about. I teach the principles of yoga science. When we talk about yoga in this culture, it's your water bottle that people can't get away from, your, you know, your spandex and your, your your thing under your arm, and you run into class. It's so much more than that, it's how to really have clear, calm, and tranquil mind. And that's the whole idea. So I came into it for that reason. And not it wasn't conscious. I just knew when I I just knew I had to do something. You know, I didn't say, oh you know in, you know when you're 18 17 60 you don't say oh i have to go learn how to meditate i didn't even know what the word meant
0: <laughs> or i felt when someone said like oh meditate you know i'd hear it on a podcast i'd hear it in a book and i'd think what are we doing <laughs> are we laying well, on a yoga mat like what does that even mean
1: well it's also the way it's this we have to be very careful too or mindful or i don't like to use the word mindful be aware i like the word awareness We really have to be aware because we have soundbite knowledge on the internet right now. So we've taken traditions of, brought down through the sages, down through the sages. And what, in our culture, what we've done is we take, oh, I'll take a piece of this, maybe a little mindfulness here, maybe a little something here, maybe a little something there. And they make these these complete programs. And then people wonder, well, why don't I want to meditate? Why am I not seeing... Why am I not feeling the self-transformation happen? And it's because we have soundbite knowledge with a bunch of experts that it's insanity right now on the Internet. So, you know, and the piece that I've, I contribute, if anything, or serve is to provide something that was passed down through the sages with no, no little edit that I'm going to do and put it under my name you see, because then it becomes polluted like everything else. And there's no real knowledge. Meditation is difficult. So and I don't teach meditation, I teach the tools in which someone can develop their own meditative experience. There's a big difference. I love that.
0: I, everyone, I love that so much, because it has to be individual,
1: right? I mean, everyone, And we are all individuals, we all have a different thumbprint. I mean, we're all individuals. And what we need to do is have tools. Now there are tools and see, in some of these people don't teach the tools in a systematic way. They need to be done systematically to have results. And I, it's, I've seen it. I've worked for 20 years teaching healthcare providers since I have a medical background. And uh, so I've worked with healthcare and I enjoyed it tremendously. Teaching healthcare providers, and then, as you know, with uh, I've done some work with the Department of Defense, and now after I met you, and I'm so grateful that you know maybe it's time to broaden that perspective and really work with people that are really interested, sincere students that really want to learn how to bring themselves into the meditative shift. As I said, I'd rather say a meditative shift because we're shifting consciousness. We're moving you know, to the internal guide. And that's foreign to most people. And it doesn't just come overnight. And some people get the glimpse, but how, how do we sustain the practice? That's the key. We're not in, are we in that glimpse? So people talk about these awakenings. How do you maintain that awakening? You don't just maintain that at the same level that you have the awakening. And that's where the practice, that's the tools that I teach. Let me give you the foundation so that you can hold on to your experience as opposed to someone telling you, you need to do this, this, and this. Because we all have the power within ourselves to even heal. We just don't know how to use it. And yes. I love to give people tools and how to use it within themselves. That's, I love that. That's it in a nutshell, you know, non-rehearsed, Let's <laughs> you know, that's what we want, and I'm look, I am look for sincere students. I look for sincere people that want to uh, do things because I'm ready to give, you know, I'm at that stage of life, I'm a lot older than you, and I'm ready to give what I've learned and move it forward so people could enjoy where they are. I mean, right now we have such a flux of anxiety, depression, You know, people think they're going, let's talk about even going through perimenopause, menopause, et cetera. They're going through that thinking it's normal to have all of these issues. Well, it's because the body's not healthy. It's not stable when it goes in. Right. And there's no one there there to show what does that mean? Because we're in what we call in yoga science, Kali yoga. And I call it the false prophets, P-R-O-F-I-T-S because people are what do i eat what do i do how do i meditate oh wait meditate i can do this app i can do this i can do that all of it is meant well i hope i would like to have a positive attitude but i don't think it's sustainable that's just been my experience
0: I've, i yeah i completely agree i and that's one of the things we talk about you know i mean wake her up is it's the basis of that is waking up yourself to find the answers within yourself, you know, not the buy now button, not the, you know, next guru that says they have the magical one way of doing it. It's, you know, looking maybe at some examples, understanding the tools, but really in the end, like listening to yourself. And so I, before we get into like, maybe what some of those beginning tools would be for someone as far as what they can do to kind of stir up themselves in finding their own practice what like if you could go back to some of the first times you were implementing and trying to figure out meditation for you what did that look like for you were you going to a yoga studio were you just sitting calm like no when I started like what did that look like when you were trying to figure out I don't know I call it the off button you know like when you were trying to figure that out Walk me through some of that. I never
1: had the, I never had the, now remember, I'm a lot older. So I never had, I didn't go as an off button. I grew up right near the Himalayan Institute because my father brought me there when I was in seventh grade. And that's where I met uh, the, the groups that I've worked with. And I went in, I remember to a Hatha class working and, and everybody would wear the white kurtas at the time. And I went in and I used to go in with my mom and I used to go in and take these classes. And I always loved activity. I was always wanting to be an athlete, you know? And so I just did it for, I always felt good. I never thought I want to turn off my mind and all the, there was none of that because my mind wasn't on, I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have an internet, didn't have a computer. I didn't have to turn anything off. Now it's a whole different trajectory. So we have to, in the way I modify, the way I give people tools is I understand this. I'm not going back to where I was. I can't because it's not fair to where people are today. We have to speak to where we are today. Today, meditation is different the way you teach it compared to even where it was 20, 30 years ago. Now it has to be so specific, detailed, systematic. You can't just go and see who she is. You know, you could, but the chances are hitting that target are a lot less. So if you give a systematic approach, you know, when I first started teaching, we can say, and we'll go to that point. And I I listened to a lot of uh, other uh, instructors as I am an instructor, and they'd say, just breathe or just relax. You don't just relax. You have to be taught how to breathe and how to relax because our culture, we don't blame ourselves for not knowing. Our culture is created right now to be faster, distract your mind, take your mind out. And I tell people, take your mind back, bring it back home, bring it back to yourself. Because the mind is a powerful tool. The thought is the mind. And there's nothing wrong with having thoughts. It's when they decide to take over. You see, these subtle, these subtle happenings are what need to be put into this matrix, if you will, or this formula, so that when it happens, people will be able to use it. People can't just listen to me today, let's say, give them a few pointers, I can give them an exercise to do, let's say, but we're talking, let's say 65, 35, 45 years of just beginning now, I'm still feeling like I'm just a beginner, you know, and every time I sit on my cushion, I use my cushion as counsel, I always have. And I sit, I have a systematic formula that I go through, the same exact one. And you know, it's so interesting you said that. People used to say, oh, what meditation are we gonna do today? No, it's the same one. If you wanna go see, you you say, wait, her, we'll call it to be her. If you wanna see the divine within yourself, each day you do the same exact road. If you wanna go to the store that's over there, you're not going to keep doing this every day and go a different path. You might, that's the human mind. And that's the new generation. They want something new every, every five, 10, 15, 20 minutes. That's why these apps, that's why the, I don't want to use the word app, but these uh, types of emails that are coming through something different, different color, different, that is actually destructive to what we're talking about. It's the antithesis of what we're talking about. So I could say when I started, I was given a formula, giving the mantra. Mantras just don't come from space. You don't sell them. They come from masters, from a lineage. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't want to sit and do the practices because I go, oh, God, I can't do this. It wasn't like, oh, I'm in nirvana sitting down. No, my legs hurt, my back hurt. I couldn't concentrate for more than a nanosecond, if that. And so having all these deficits within myself, now when I go to provide the tools, I take that into consideration and I'll give more instruction so that doesn't happen to someone else, you see? Because years and years, decades ago, you sit down, do your practice. They didn't tell you, you should feel this. Do It wasn't that kind of a directive. You had your own experience and you could still have your own experience but given the climate that we're in now to be nurturing for others, I find that giving them specifics that they could find it still within themselves, not telling them what they're gonna feel, but give them the specifics so that they have a better turnout easier, not having to, there's so much going on now, you don't wanna make things too difficult.
0: I think it's really interesting to, talk to someone that is is so knowledgeable in this but also is just so open to understanding that there's not a way that the way to have this meditative experience is to listen to yourself and to create a practice that is right for you i know that for me i felt the same way i was like okay let's do this meditation thing you know and i was listening to these people talk about how they did their meditation and I would listen to, uh, you know, meditative things on YouTube and try to figure out like what that was. And then I'd go to yoga and I'd listen to how they were doing meditation. And then I'd listen to a book and I would try that. And I dabbled in all these different methods and how other people were doing it. But in the end, it it ended up being me listening to me trying to connect with me. It wasn't a way that somebody else could walk me through was me just experiencing different things, practicing different things. And I remember laying in a yoga class and this beautiful yoga instructor, um, so, so talented in understanding what was going on in the room. And she could constantly say, hey, if your thoughts, if you're, you know, doing your grocery list right now, don't be mad about that. You know, like, just, just kind of, knowledge, you know, acknowledge that it's there. And if you don't want to be there, you can choose to go somewhere else, you know, and there was so it was like this allowance, like you said, allowance that thoughts could be there, allowance and awareness of like, that's my brain, that's my thoughts, you know, and I didn't have to yell at it, that it was in the way of my meditation, I could just Kind of choose to be where I wanted to be within my own body, within my own soul and thoughts. And I remember her saying to focus on the breath and that the breath would drown out the thoughts. That never happened for me. I could never breathe loud enough, you know, for my thoughts to be gone. And one time, and it was just these little tiny things that kind of added up to my own experience. But one time, out of the blue, she said, If that's not working for you, just maybe change your thoughts into I am breathing in, I am breathing out. If that is what you're wanting to do, like I invite you to do that. And I don't know what that was for me, but that was a huge shift because it gave my mind something to say, something to do, which it really needed that at the time, not a grocery list or a marketing campaign (laughs) that I was doing yoga class. And for me... That shift and being able to choose my thoughts and not have them controlling me and overwhelming me, that was a moment that kind of shifted me into um, what I had been trying to get to of this meditative space of not having my mind control me, but me saying, This is where I would like to be. And I just love your approach to this in helping people find like what it is for them. So I really appreciate that. But
1: meditation, medi, M-E-D-I, that means to attend to. So you're attending to the mind field and then beyond the mind field, of course. Your breath is not going to erase thoughts necessarily. That's not, uh, that doesn't happen. Your breath, you know, when I worked with, everybody wanted to do mind, body, I'm doing mind, body. Well, I would ask people, well, what does that mean? And what connects the mind and the body? And most people can't answer that. What connects your mind and your body? It's the breath. It's tricky. So know. whenever you bring your breath under, it's the only uh, autonomic function that can be brought under conscious control that you have access to. So that's why the teachers say, go to your breath. But how do you do your breath? You see, we have to really be systematic. So although I'm saying that you have your own experience, I'm not saying have your own meditation and do it the way you feel like it. There's a big difference. Like I'm just gonna sit and do it in the bathtub or I'm gonna sit here. No, the more structured you are, not with your freedom, but the more structured you are with working with this physical element, the more you'll keep things easier and streamlined for the mind to function the way it needs to. And that's the key and that's where, so if we give the, for example, adjust your posture, head, neck and trunk need to be aligned for neurological reasons. I'm giving people the physical because if I go into the ethereal, people aren't ready to hear that most of the time. So let's talk about the physical. The body needs to be in a straight, the spine needs to be straight. Head, neck and trunk need to be aligned. You're not gonna meditate like this. You can go to sleep and relax like that, but that's not meditation. And you usually do fall asleep if you do it when you lie down. Then you have to adjust your breath. You have to regulate your breath. Unless you know how to breathe from the diaphragm, you're wasting your time. Your thoughts are going to go into anxiety. You're either holding your breath or breathing too rapidly. Anytime you breathe with your chest, you're creating the anxiety. That's your body. Your body comes into fight or flight when you do that.
0: Then so when hold your so- breath. For step one, if we're going to break this down, are you typically sitting like cross-legged? Sitting oh, on that's a chair, good, very good question. Pillow, what are you- You can sit any way you want as long as your head,
1: neck, and trunk are aligned. So for some people, I had people that couldn't walk in class. They sit on a chair. We prop the chair. I teach people how to prop their chair so that they're comfortable. That's the biggest obstacle. People can't sit because they're not comfortable. And then people say, well, just go lay down. Try this. Med- I see you have to do a meditation if you want success. If you want success, you can play around and try these other things that you see. But unless you have a complete practice that's handed down through 33,000 years, as opposed to, oh, I, made, I didn't make anything up. I'm just instructing what was passed down to me. And it hasn't been edited. That's the key. Oh, well, if you don't like that, don't do Oh, Skip the breathing. Just go to feeling like you're in the flower field. I've heard people tell me that. Well, you can do that. That's fantasy and that's relaxation, whatever. But if you really want a systematic way to, to, I'm going to use your word, wake her up, or as I say, meet yourself, it does happen spontaneously. It does happen. But if you'd like to be able to have awareness of how that happens and bring it into your conscious control on a daily basis when a obstacle comes in the way like a crisis or you hear bad news what's the first thing we do our mind is trained and the nature of mind is to go outward so what we have to do here is bring the mind inward
0: it's a whole different pattern it's like learning to walk again it really is it, it really yeah. is a very completely different way of processing life, (laughs) processing experiences. You know, I remember having a conversation with my husband that was like a difficult conversation. I remember watching it where um, typically it would have ended up in like just a blowout and just, you know, walking away and the end of conversation, we wouldn't have been able to get through it and I remember him saying something that would have typically made me frustrated. I remember watching my thoughts and kind of sorting through them and sitting with it and then being able to respond very calmly and, and um, thoughtful. And we kind of played this different game that we had never played before. And after that was all done, I remember thinking that's, that's what I've been doing in the mornings, like in my early morning things where I could sit and think through things and watch them and respond. And, and it is very different. And I think that's something that I did not understand that meditation could do where it's bringing this consciousness, you know, into like how you process almost everything.
1: That's an awareness. So you bring the awareness. It's training. You're really training your awareness. And you're able to put your awareness wherever you want to put that. So if you want to put it on the discussion. You know, there's functions of mind that people There's thoughts are only one part of mind. There's other parts of the mind. And so when we're in the practice and we want to be quiet, for example, even if you've been doing it 40, 50 years or whatever, there are still... Things that are in our uh, memory bank, what we call chitta, in our in our memory bank that are going to bubble up, and we wonder, gosh, why did I just have that? Or, as you said, what are my thoughts? Well, what are the other thoughts that are coming in the universe? That's where you, the real key I have found that if you could bring your mind back into yourself, and you can do that with breath pram, you could bring that in, and you train it to go go within and you do train it with the breath it's the easiest way to train it you can train it in other ways but i'm not uh i can't say i'm skilled enough to even know or do this is what i've practiced i only teach people not what i read or scripts what i've practiced and what has been useful within my uh what has been downloaded to me and given to me as a gift and a privilege it's a privilege to be able to sit skillfully in meditation that's a privilege this lifetime and what I would say and it doesn't even have to be me find someone who's tuned in that knows the difference between a sound bite or just try this versus if you really want to learn a whole complete system meaning it's when I say complete system it's a systematic approach like I just said Head, neck, and trunk aligned breathing, then you have to learn how to relax. Relaxation keeps you from allowing things to transpire for you. And then you bring yourself into more away, then awareness starts to come. Awareness comes only after you're relaxed to a certain point. And we're never thoroughly relaxed. We have to be very aware of that. And how do we know how relaxed we are? One of the first things. I have people do is lie down, face down. Anybody who does yoga or asana would know. In the crocodile pose, you put your head, you know, your head on your forearms and just breathe diaphragmatically. You'll automatically do it. You don't have to know how to do it. It automatically comes. And then you'll start connecting. You'll start seeing. And that's where you can use your body as a prescription for what's going on. Your breathing will tell you what is going on whenever we get upset about something, we tend to suck our breath in, creating more, and it creates a biological response, or biochemical, that's my training. So it's a biochemical response within the body, and mind, and brain. So all of these things coming together, and I've been able in this lifetime, privileged again, to be the scientist where I did my doctorate over at Case Medical School. And I took the scientific knowledge that I took with the what 20 30 40 years before that from the masters you blend that together because you could see yoga is a science and it's based on science and when it's understood but within practice because many have the practices without the science and some people have the science like you had written to me or asked me about what happens in our brain our body yeah there's lots of things that happen but what's the interaction that really takes place and that's where people will discover you're going to discover the transformative journey you know it's uh it's a transformative journey there's no end it's just the beginning and like you said you very wonderfully said that you know of course you're going to have thoughts and the old oh, i used to be told let them come and let them go but don't say, oh, I mean, I've heard people say, well, I want to think of wonderful things I'm gonna do, and that's my meditation. Well, no, that's that's distraction and fantasy, and that's okay. It's okay. But just know what is, what isn't.
0: I'd when you really become
1: idea. skillful, when you really become skillful enough, how you know how skillful you are in this life, and I still use it for myself, is count how many times you're disturbed a day, and it will tell you. How, how much of a root you really have. That is so good. Just count how many times you're disturbed today. We won't even go to distraction because so we're in such a distracted society world right now,
0: but count how many times you get disturbed. Something and that's- I mean, even just doing that, like if someone were to do that, it would bring awareness, even though you're it's all we're doing. Oh, I'm focused on this negative thing or, oh, I'm focused. And you might be like appalled at how many times you're disturbed, but it shifts from the day before of just being disturbed and unaware of it, unaware, to exactly. an awareness of it, because as soon as you're aware of it, you can do something about it. It is what gives you power is what I've right. learned in this awareness. Is awareness, the as scary as awareness is. It is the thing that actually gives you power to do something about it.
1: It gives you, it starts your, your trajectory towards freedom.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. So. So I know because I'm thinking of the person listening to this as a podcast and anytime someone talks about breath, if you're just listening, you're like changing your breath. You're not really knowing, like, what should I be breathing? If you're talking to someone right now, they've never done anything like this before. Maybe they've just never even okay. gone to a yoga class at all. Can you just give that person, just while they're listening right now to the rest of this episode, how could they be breathing right now that might just do something a little bit different for them?
1: Breathing from their diaphragm. So I could, let's do a little exercise. If you're not driving, everyone, please. (laughs) I have to be careful. Put your left hand on your chest, your right hand on your belly. For now, just for now. And take a breath. Yeah, your chest moved up. If your chest moves up, you're a chest breather. My chest didn't move up. And so, that's what gives people that anxiety all the time. That's what lets the adrenals not flow. That's what happens in menopause where women are wondering why they're having such stress. Well, your stress hormones and your sex hormones compete. So I shouldn't say compete. Your hormones of health and uh, your hormones that you want and stress compete for the same pathway, those same hormones. So the best thing I do when I have private clients is, I, or groups, whatever, I say, let's work with the stress response. So what would you do now? Chest. You're using your chest. That's why I said, each morning I tell people just roll over before you get out, or do it in the middle of the day. Roll over onto your abdomen. Put your forehead down. You won't have to practice it. The body will automatically do diaphragmatic breathing because you're like this, right? You can't, you can't be lifting like that. It automatically. uh, There's three steps in which I teach that, and as I told you, we should do we should do a live workshop together. I mean, and I could teach all of this because it's not rocket science but it's a skillful way because of the un- my training and my understanding can deliver it and people will change you can't do it by just breathe and no that's the big pro- that's where my heart goes out or my compassion people are telling just breathe well how,
0: how? Right. well that that's just it you know there there have been some practices that i've gone to like a yoga practice yes. and they're counting the breaths and they're doing these things and Honestly, so i sometimes where I'm like, I-, I am like hyperventilating. I don't know how to do this. Like, I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or if I just it takes practice, but there are breath is so it seems more and more complex the more it's I think.
1: I'm like it's the secret to it's it's
0: breathe. It's the <laughs>
1: secret to longevity. As the masters always said, it's not how many years you live, count how many breaths. So what I'm trying to say is don't and I'm glad you're bringing up your true self as I bring up mine. It's being genuine and it's rare to find genuine things happening now. But if you have hyperventilation, which is understandable because no one ever instructed you on how to breathe using the diaphragm. And it took me to learn. I was floored. I was like, what, 20 years old at the time. and. Uh, I said, whoa, I've been breathing wrong all these years. But you want, you know, I was doing this just like everybody else. But now all I will do is I'll just, when I breathe, it's like the singer, I do this, right? these come out. And so it's the martial so you're artist. Putting
0: your hands, you're putting your hands. Well, you
1: want your rib cage, cage, cage to expand because the, the diaphragm is a muscle where this, is mm-hmm. where the diaphragm is a muscle. If that muscle is weak, you're weak, simple. Singers know how to use it, martial arts. When I change martial arts, you when you that's where your, your power is. Now people say, go to your core, be powerful. Learn how to breathe through your through your core. That's step one. And I'm right there, right there alone, I would say behavior, emotions, ups and downs, even your physiology, biochemistry, it'll all change. It stimulates you know, your I- nervous nerve. I remember I was working, well, I have to tell you something funny. Yes. So I was working in psychiatry at Harvard and then uh, I worked New England for a while and Harvard was one. And I was on my way taking a train because they were doing what we call uh, grand rounds, whatever they were doing. And I remember they were gonna do something on vagal re- a vagal stimulator. I got so excited. Oh my gosh, they're bringing yoga into the world. This is amazing because I learned that 30 years ago about vagal responses. And I got there, and they were talking about a little gadget that people have put in their bodies to stimulate the vagus nerve. But you can do that with your breath if you have the skill to do it. And diaphragmatic breathing does it naturally. If you look at a baby before the age of five, they breathe through their belly. Just watch them. And see, once we get that persona or personality... We start sucking air. We start, you know. Oh, don't, you know. We want to protect ourselves. It changes, but before the age of five,
0: you will see it in a child. And five. Do you think, cut off. Do you think that there is something about, you know, like women, like just the whole society of like not having a belly, you know, like not wanting to of have your belly choke out. Like we're constantly, like every picture, every thing we're standing in, and any time we're just trying to suck our bellies in. So then our breath has to be up here like even honestly yeah you know, i feel like i'm pretty comfortable in my body but when somebody says like breathe through your belly i'm like oh it's going to stick out more you know no, like no, no. It, you know what it,
1: okay i'm interrupting excuse me but here's the thing about breathing through your belly breathing i did that for 10 years cuz i wasn't doing diaphragmatic breathing correctly you really want to breathe through the diaphragm but the belly does come out a little bit but here's the thing and it's funny i would have never known your age people are still doing that belly thing with suck it in. My age, you'd suck it in, put your jeans on and walk out. You know, but I didn't know they still do that. So that's very interesting. I'm learning from you. Here's the thing. And all of these images are created and they're all fake. Everything you see is fake. Fake hair, fake teeth, fake eyes, fake... Because we're living in that age of... People are obsessed with this external, and rightly so. You want to, you know, I put a sweater on today. I usually wear a T-shirt. You know, you do that when you're going to do something. But how far do you go? How far do you go where it compromises your, who you really are? And if someone says, take a picture, when I see people, there was a comedian. He was so funny. He said, selfies are, what did he say? Uh, Lonelys. You're so lonely, you're taking self. It was so funny because people are spending their time. They should be sitting and breathing rather than really we get to a point like who, who, who cares? You care. And you don't realize what it's doing on the subtlest level of yourself. The subtlest level. Meaning has to do with your connection with yourself. And we've discarded that connection, the love for our inner self. And when we don't love her, I'm going to use your word, or the self, that's where our problems, we're disconnected from that. And yes, once you start becoming healthy, I don't look like a model. I don't look like a model. But I choose not to because I want to maintain health at my age. And you know how old I am.
0: So, well, when so as we're getting through this, you know, we we talked about like sitting in a what did you call it in a a stable posture. You want to be stable and still. Two stable things. And still. Stable and, and still. And then still. diaphragm breathing. Head, neck, and trunk aligned. And then you're talking about relaxing, like when you're That's sitting the there. That's the third
1: component. So
0: I'm sitting here and breathing. How am I relaxing? Uh, you know, am I kind of checking in with every piece of my body? Like, am I? Oh, well, there's many that ways like that for you.
1: There's many ways to relax. If you don't breathe diaphragmatically, you should stick with that for the first month. Lie on the floor, breathing in crocodile. Then roll on your back, put a sandbag or something on the belly, watch it go up and down. Do that for a month, two months. There's no rush. Then when you can sit and do that, then you can do the sitting, sitting posture and do whatever you need to do. But to try to do it all together is gonna to create stress and anxiety. Again, we have to be gentle with ourselves but have the right training and the right coach to train you to do that. And I find it's rare to find because you go into a class, there's only so much time And then everybody, we have to rush through things. It's never, people are doing meditation now because people want that. But are they really skilled in training and in having the time and the effort to get you ready? Everything is crammed in. So we, and then after you do your relaxation, then you could bring your breath into the breath awareness right in this area here. This whole area here is the same as what your spinal cord, cord would be, your spinal column but you have to first learn how to breathe up and down your spine even for a month. Feel what that feels like. You become the architect. You become the doer to find out how to do it with some instruction on how to do it on your own. I think that's so important. The teacher used to say you become the architect of your life. That was what I was going to say. It's you are, use your body. As I say, use your body as feedback. Learn from, we have, if you have a healthy body, you're very blessed. Use it to see what's going on. If you have a pain here, it tells you something about your posture, your mind. What are you thinking? You get a sick stomach because you had a thought. Somebody said something or didn't. You're happy. You have a different response. You start going in and seeing wow, interesting, interesting, interesting. That's the awareness training. So it's really awareness training. And then when you learn to focus that, I used to ride waves. But if you're going to ride a wave into the shore, you want to have your eye on where because people say i do mindfulness and i say there's awareness and then there's focus if you bring them together it's like a bird with two wings and i use the surfboard as an example if you're riding a wave in and you we've all been on the beach most of us and you know where you have your little umbrella or your what? your blanket or whatever. If you don't watch that, you're going to be the side current is going to take you this way. Those side currents it would take our mind away out.
0: So it's like riding a wave. Oh, that's such a good example. Everyone has done that. Yes. <laughs> like we've oh all my gosh, my blankets way over where's there. Where's my blanket?
1: Where did it go? Don't we do that even in meditation practice? Where sometimes mm-hmm. your your one little thought it comes so fast. You don't even know where it came from. And then you have this whole village that you've built, a whole story. And it's the same thing of riding the wave. Where did my... So if you keep your mind, that's why I teach focused practices. If you keep your, mind, your eye on that, your blanket, you don't drift that way. You right. steer right where. That's what life is all about. Steer right. away. There's going to always be those side waves, those rip currents. There's always going to be that. But you could go with the flow you go with it when the rip current takes you you don't fight a rip current right you don't fight that right and so an onslaught of thoughts don't fight them just say oh that's interesting and just go right on that's the yeah. way i've used nature for my metaphors of everything because i love nature and out in nature and it really tells us a lot about ourselves when nature's healthy we're healthy when we're healthy, nature's healthy.
0: Um, I have to share something with you. And what's interesting about this as uh, last night, I was journaling some pretty heavy thoughts. And the thought came to me that while we're, while you and I were talking about this, that it would, it would help uh, me work through some of these thoughts. And, um, and I just wanted to share with you and, and maybe someone that might need this, this is Kind of gives you an example of the power of learning to meditate and and walking, applying it to some pretty destructive thoughts that can come up. So you, you probably don't know this about me, but um, many, many years ago, my first marriage ended in a horrible, um, disastrous mess. Uh, he had an affair and it was just kind of a horrible scenario of a lot of trauma and, um, and I've done a lot to work through that, but there are these tiny triggers that happen now in my marriage that I love and have worked really hard to find trust and peace. And there's these tiny little things that happen and it will spark this crazy flood of trauma back into my soul and my thoughts. And it is easy to get swept, like you said, down this wave and get thrown into these rip currents. And last my husband went out of town. It's always when he goes out of town that my brain's like, who's he talking to? And, it, you know, should I check the phone records? And it just goes crazy, which I have no basis, you know, to need to go there. And last night, as I was looking at these thoughts, I was able to kind of apply what you just said. I didn't have to fight it. You know, it was a rip current. But I could just kind of look at it and think, let's not do anything about it. Let's sit in this. There isn't anything to do. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to flail our arms or make crazy decisions or decide anything. Let's just flow through and we'll get caught and we'll be able to get to the shore. And I was able to walk through that and say, like, well, yeah, you have trauma like that thing happened. And that's why you feel these things. And you know, it's, it's just a different way. It's not happening to you're kind of able to just sit in it. And, and again, like not fight the current, but also know that you can get to shore that this isn't anything that you need to do anything with. It's just here. And I just want to tell you like how much I appreciate that, that analogy, because it is so helpful To me, like in the space that I'm in, really, you know, right now, where I'm able to apply that and understand that, you know, I can respect my past experiences, I can honor them, but also be aware of what's real and what's not and, and really, like, love myself and care for myself and be able to get myself to shore on my blanket, (laughs) right?
1: Okay, so here, let's go, if you want me to just comment on that. I love that. This yes. will be a little cue for you. Look at where you are now. Now you said wake her up is your motto, okay? Meet yourself, whatever. How about trust yourself? So if we trust that and we trust that everything comes to us the way it needs to, look at where you are now. If you were still in that situation, you wouldn't be where you are today with me talking. And if anything were to come down the road again, it would only be to bring you in a better place. And if you reframe it in that way, rather than I don't want this to happen or in a fearful, it'll still come up, but I'm giving you a a way out of it instead Mm -hmm. of really holding it. Just, you look at it, every woman has a story. I can guarantee that, many stories. I have many stories also. And knowing that I can say this now as the elder oldie here, is we're able then to just say, look at where you are today. The divine was in you, brought you here, took him away. You have a new person. The divine brought that. Embrace it. Because nothing is permanent in life. I understand trauma though, especially with children involved and everything else. So I understand all of that. However, these things do exist and the way I always started approaching it and recently, it took me years though, is people are taken out of our life, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, wives. It's tough, it's a tough nut to crack, but we're on a journey And for some reason, this journey is a solo journey because we don't take anybody with us when we leave. And we didn't take anybody with us when we came in, except the divine that's within us. So make friends with that, wake her up, and then meet her and sit down with her and start trusting her. We'll do something together to make that happen. And you will become so peaceful, even though those things still will come up. And that's OK. We're human beings. We live in a world like that. We have feelings. Who wants somebody not to talk to you, have an affair, not have an affair? The woman that has the eyes, you know, who people that do that, though, are they're really digging their own their own chaos because it just happens that way. You know, we have a karmic we have a karmic responsibility to people we marry, the children, etc. It's not in our hands to decide who stays, who doesn't. So just take it that you've been blessed with that opportunity now to grow and fly on your own. And that's the way I saw it as soon as you told me, even though we're on live stream, we might have to cut it out. But that's exactly what uh, you need to be doing so that you don't. Yeah, it's done. And it was
0: done for that reason. And done. to remember that, right? Like the society and everyone done? around you will speak of these traumatic things yes, yes. that they're trauma and they're stuck in you and they're bad and that, you know, you fall into depression and self-destruction because of these things that happen. And you're right. You're exactly right. Everything that society would look at my life and say, that's bad. That was traumatic. That w- Those were destructive things. Like you're going to have to go, you know, dig those out of you you are exactly right. Like those are things that were part of my journey that has led me into beautiful experiences, beautiful understandings, beautiful people, beautiful opportunities. And I think that if we can remember those pieces, then anything going forward, like you said, way in the beginning, you know, when destruction happens and chaos happens just today, or it doesn't go your way, or people don't like you remembering that, Yes, society might look at those as really bad, but you can look at them as opportunities to grow really positive journeys and just simply existence. But it all comes back to why we're even having this conversation in the first place, it comes down to you knowing you, that's the only way that you can like float through. These waves is when you know who you are and you trust yourself and you are in love with you because like we're not getting out of here with anybody else. (laughs) And that takes time and time is okay. It just needs
1: to be, you need to be surrounded by people that understand that and it will help you. As I said, it's not, it's not that you're not going to feel, wow, that wasn't, that didn't (laughs) feel good. And it's not that it's acceptable what he did, but what it does say is, okay, I feel this way. Let me now sit back, allow the feeling. Grief is, grief. I mean, you don't deny it, you're a human being. However, when it comes up, I'm just saying, hey, that's what I mean by, when we have these experiences, these awakening experiences, yes, we have them, but to really, I wanna say, I did, I was gonna use the word own them, but I, that's too much of a strong word, But To be so aware of it where you don't have to, how much, how many times you disturbed a day and how long does the disturbance last? That's another one. That will tell you how connected you are to that inner, inner self. And believe me, or if you've been knocked out, let's say you're knocked out for a few hours, how long does it take you to come back? So that's what this whole practice is about. Let me come back. Let me keep coming back. So that I can live functionally, because we do need to go out, but then come back, go out, and that's the practice. And then when you practice that, that's how people, you know, you practice coming in and out
0: of your yourself. That's what uh, birth and death is all about. You know, it's it's so lovely to talk to someone that has this kind of same understanding because one, I feel less crazy because one of the things that I do just throughout the day, just you know, doing my thing is it is this out and back experience and I sometimes think of myself as these two kind of entities you know like I have this spiritual soul entity and then this human body physical entity and sometimes I will think of it as like if I wanted to visit my body you know and be almost like in this human experience as if it's like an alien or something and you know being in this body I get to feel different things and experience different feelings and then it makes it this interesting experience. So then when fear comes up, or doubt comes up, you're just looking at it as like, isn't that interesting that I get to feel that, you know, maybe in my existence without a body, maybe I didn't feel fear like this, I didn't feel doubt like this. And um, it has made the human experience for me, so much more interesting, and exciting, almost like, you know being at Disneyland where you get to ride all these different rides and feel all these different feelings because we're here like being in our body and so I love that you're using that like coming back in and out and in and out because I think we forget that we will we can exist beyond our body and uh getting to know your soul and understanding that almost gives you a bigger respect for the human experience and for your body, and what it is allowing you to feel. And that makes life a little more doable.
1: That's the beauty of having a body. And it's knowing yourself. We have to know ourselves. And then your diet changes, your exercise routines change, the way you all your lifestyle habits, which, as you know, I teach that. You know, it's part of the programs that I do. It's, you really have lifestyle uh just lifestyle uh things you know that we really need to be able to monitor all of those you know uh people they want to meditate and i used to say no why don't you just go run around the block before you sit down how could you expect if you're stressed to just sit down on a cushion and be relaxed your (laughs) body is full of neurohormones that are causing all this agitation right so What we need to do is we need to be educated, knowledge, and I combine both knowledge and practice, because one without the other, it's one thing to, I could speak intellectually about the brain and this and the the gut microbiome, blah, 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 but unless you have a practice to apply so that you could experience that, but the knowledge is what keeps it anchored. And that's why if I say, okay, breathe diaphragmatically, I, don't, I wouldn't say to you just breathe diaphragmatically, I would tell you why. It affects the vagal response, the parasympathetic nervous system. It causes the relaxation response. Chest breathing causes a sympathetic stimulation, which causes you to be more hyper. You can tell by someone's voice and their tone, how grounded they are, how not grounded they are, because that's your voice, it comes forward. It comes forward based on your whole neurological network. That's why when I used to teach teachers, I did teacher training for meditation. And when they would get up, I said, you're going to see some people you can listen to and some people you don't want to. What is the difference? Because we, we portray, there's no hiding. You could get all this external stuff but there's no hiding. You can read someone loud and we sense it. Just like a dog would sense a person. Sometimes they walk up to somebody and they happy. Sometimes they'll growl and stay away because they read the subtle body. The subtle body is what you can see we, some, unconsciously in many cases, but you can usually see someone size it up and you see what, what they're going through. And then you can become very effective in helping and teaching. It's not a judgment thing here. No one should be judged because we all have, we all, all of us have issues to work out. All of us have the traumas, whatever that is, that perceived trauma. Somebody else would look at somebody else's trauma as, oh, well, I was glad, you know, or not very rare. But what I'm trying to say is the trauma is, trauma is a little different than an experience. So let's keep trauma where it is. Most people agree on the same traumas. And, you know, there are ones that exist, but we have to learn to transcend all of that at this point, I'm seeing, because we're going to see a lot more of this uh, behavior that's really unstable in the whole culture right now. And what do we do? That's why you see a lot of meditation now popping up where, I mean, 20 years ago when I started, 30 years of teaching, 25, whatever, there weren't many, uh, there were like two of us, three of us out there. and uh you know now there's you can get it on every street corner you know just like <laughs> and because people it's in need and you have to find a place where it feels right
0: for you and whatever it feels right but it has to be done systematically
1: and that's the key.
0: I have loved this conversation and we need to have many, many many more. I you know I want to say, you know, everyone's always looking for this quick fix. I think that, you know, meditation and yoga does and can look and come across as this fad that, you know, a lot of women in this midlife experience are jumping over to yoga just because like everybody else is doing it. But there is something here. There is a reason why women are being drawn to this. It's not a fad. It's not just this new you know, like cool workout thing that you should be doing because everybody else is doing it. There is a beautiful power that comes with sitting still and breath and going inward and knowing yourself, and it is this thing that people are finding in massive ways now, and that's why you're seeing it so on every corner. Um, but for me i think i did think it was this fad thing i needed to go to the lululemon and get my cool yoga stuff to have my meditation practice you know and it's just so so much more than that so i want to welcome you to come back over and over and share your vast knowledge with us and really help us find that that power within us and to give us that awareness and reminder of how to do it and to be able to practice it enough so that we can hear what our body and souls need as an individual. And I'm excited for our our community, our followers, our listeners to really be curious about this and like you said if all you do today is start asking yourself like how many times am i you know disrupted today how many times am i in turmoil today and frustrated like that alone that is so good that brings people to an awareness right now right today and then you start trusting yourself when you start watching it and with a guide like you, you know, it's so exciting to understand the science behind it. And I'm excited to get into more information and more knowledge with you. And I just want to thank you so much for your time today. It's just, this is amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you for inviting
0: me. I was thinking, you know, I, I did put a course up
1: for March. Uh, I believe I only do a waiting list just to see if people are interested we can do something. And, uh, you know, on my website. Yes, I would come and contribute to this. I love your mission and uh, I'm glad we met and I would be more than happy to be able to serve your community at any time.
0: Thank you so much. Well, for anyone that wants more information about Susan, please go to SusanTaylor.org. Is that the best place for everyone to find you? Yeah, I also have a Facebook group. uh, It's called Meditative Shift
1: Okay, and, uh, and Facebook if they wanted to come into the community or, but yeah, dot org is fine. And uh, wonderful. That's great. And I'll see you and we'll be in touch.
0: Wonderful. And if anyone needs more information and you want to see more of our podcasts, you can go to wakeherup.co And you can also follow wake her up on Facebook group. There's over 42,000 women globally in our community. And we would love to have you there. And with that, everyone have a wonderful day. We'll see you soon. Bye everyone.